I love talking to you. Likewise. I mean, this is crazy. People are going to be listening to this. I know. And they're probably going to think, oh my God, they've got some English nutter on this week. Hi, I'm Margot. And if you've been listening to this podcast from the beginning, then you're probably sick of my introduction by now. So I'll switch it up for today. In fact, I'm switching up the whole format of this episode, and I'll be leaving you with a conversation I had over FaceTime with my boyfriend, Zantori, where most of our conversations take place, since he's been doing his master's in Syracuse, and I've been in New York City. Without being too cliche, I thought this would be good timing with Valentine's Day coming up. This weekend will mark a year of us being together, and this relationship has proven to teach me more than I could ever learn on my own but also challenged me to be flexible with my path and expectations, which we'll touch on. I know Zantori's accent is a whole lot nicer than mine, and I can't wait for you to get to know him a bit better. So let's get into it. Thank you for rejoining me for this podcast. I've, I feel calm, cool, and collected now after my breakdown. Yeah, well, for the listeners who are perhaps just joining us, Margot and I's relationship is incredibly open and honest and very casual. And we always try and be as relaxed with each other as possible. And then, of course, as soon as we do a podcast, it becomes this incredibly formal thing. It's almost like that scene in um, The Holiday when they're sitting down on that date and she's like asking these questions. She's like, oh, I feel like I'm on a job interview. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that's kind of how it felt. I mean, this isn't organic and, you know, that's not us as a couple, I don't think. So I think it's just best to be as chill as possible, which I'm, obviously the viewers can't see, but I'm in bed. I've got a big hoodie on. Margot's got a little green sweater. <laughs> and uh, it's happy days, as we say in England. Happy days. Well, I am just going to go through some of the questions that some folks asked us on Instagram. And I actually know top of mind, the most requested and repeated question that I got was how did we meet? How did we start dating? What's our story? I'm interested to hear your side of the story. How did we come together? My side of the story is didn't obviously we we happened to be in the same um, accommodation for our sophomore year, mm-hmm. and I want to say you were like one of those people that like you see on the elevator, but you don't really say anything. But maybe it's like a quick smile here or there. You you won't even have remembered me as we know because we had a class sophomore year, and I'm at one point I brought convinced. up to Marga. At one point I mentioned to Marga, I was like, yeah, you were in that. Um, you were in that design class, that marketing and design class, weren't you? And Margaret goes, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I sat across from you. This is like six months into a thing. She's like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. But of course. We have no proof. She didn't remember me. We have no proof, just that we had the same teacher for a class that every advertising student had to take. No, because I remember you in the class. I told you who you were sitting next to. I remembered it that vividly. Because I was looking across the class. I was like, oh, she's got something about her. Fake news. That's not fake news. Um, so yeah, so I, I didn't didn't really know Margot, but like obviously, like you know, 
I was definitely interested. And then we kind of got to know each other a little bit following or leading up to studying abroad in London, which obviously um, it's so unfortunate that people, students won't be able to do that for a little bit because yeah. it's just the most incredible um, experience to have, I think, when you're at college because you get this whole different perspective. I mean, it was kind of weird for me seeing as I've grown up, born and raised in England, but I needed that semester at home with family and to be able to spend it a little bit where I'm from in Chumagna and a little bit in London was just absolutely amazing. Yeah. So yeah, we, we, we went to London together. We happened to live on the same street. Which was so I, rare. Incredibly um, rare. Yeah, like we were probably the only people who were housed on that street, let alone that part of London in the whole program. I think there's actually an apartment above us that were Syracuse girls. But other than that, it was by complete coincidence that we were on the same street. Some may call it fate, but. Some may call it serendipity. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so then we obviously got close because I kind of knew you a little bit. I kind of knew JC a little bit. So I'd go through to your apartments a lot. We'd have dinner together. We went out a few times and then, you know, gradually we just became this kind of unit. So casually we'd go out on dates, Margaret and I, but they weren't, they weren't, they weren't, we didn't consider them dates. It was also leading up to London. I had probably had the most, I'll say it the most fruitful time of my life in terms of I did not work. I, I spent like two years just not working out and doing a lot of drinking leading up to it. So I was, a you know, I was a little bit bigger, wasn't feeling my 100% most confident. Uh, so I just kind of thought, you know, this was this, Margot was this kind of like heavenly thing that was kind of look, don't touch. So it was all very platonic and all very just, you know, friendly. Well, I just have to say quickly before you go on that, despite you not being in your best shape, I still developed a pretty hefty crush on you. So I know that's how I know you're a real one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we uh, we would continue to meet up, we'd go on dates. But the great thing, the great thing about it was neither of us like we'd go to the pub together, but neither of us thought it would it was a date. It was just us yeah. kind of like hanging out as friends. And I, I I I thought it was only me that was kind of like developing a little bit of a crush, developing feelings. And it wasn't until like eighteen months later, back in Syracuse, when JC said, "Oh, actually, Margot's kind of into you as well." Like it took that long, and it took someone it's like saying it to me for me to like actually believe that like the feelings were mutual yeah um and it, it so much so that Margot was like looking back on it in retrospect like Margot was really putting on like <laughs> the kind of moves on me in Hyde oh. Park one afternoon <laughs> I had absolutely no idea it was going on when it was so obvious but I was like oh, there's no way there's no way I just kind of dismissed it <laughs> that's 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 kind of the lead up and then as cheesy and hallmarky as it would be, um, we ended up kind of finally seeing eye to eye and starting our relationship on Valentine's Day, almost exactly a year from today. So yeah, I thought it would be crazy to record this episode um, a year from when we got together originally because it's just crazy. It it. On one sense, it feels like I've known you for a lifetime, but on the other, it feels like it's all gone by so quickly. I completely resonate with that. And I think something that I've struggled with pretty openly, and we've had a lot of conversations about this, is 
I have had this fear of meeting you really young. Um, and, and I didn't feel like I, I saw this anywhere or I, I felt like there wasn't like conversation, which is why I want to bring this conversation up. My expectations were that I was going to move to New York City when I was 22, when I was going to go on dates with all these people and have horrible dating stories. And fast forward. (laughs) Yeah, you can call me Carrie. Actually, I'm starting to watch Sex and the City. Carrie Bradshaw was in relationships like the whole show, apparently. Like the actress. No, 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 the character. She was actually like dating people for long periods of time throughout the show. I might be completely wrong. I'm going off of what JC told me, but I trust her because she's watched it. Anyways, not comparing myself to Miss Bradshaw, but yeah, I just, I, I guess I just developed this like internal fear um, that I had met you so young and a year later of us being together and so many conversations with you about this and my, my circles and my mom and it's really such a blessing that we've met each other so young. And it definitely meant that I had to adjust kind of my expectations. And in hindsight, it's like in the best way possible. And I obviously would not change anything for the world, but I'm curious to hear your, I mean, we've talked about this, but your thoughts on kind of like meeting your person really young. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of already know, but for the people it's, uh, I think it's one of those things that you know who your person is kind of and that sounds in a way so cheesy to say and so like oh like you know he's just saying that kind of thing but it's like like I can't I couldn't I couldn't put into words the way I feel about you and I'm so like just myself and happy and mm. just funny around you um, and it's one of those things that like if even there was a situation where we had to spend a year or two or whatever apart Mm-hmm. I just know that like because I feel so strongly that we are you know so, so well suited to each other in some way we'd find our way like back to each other when it's your person you know like no matter what you're going to find that path back to them and I'm also a huge believer in you know what will be will be and yeah if it's meant to be it'll be it'll be <laughs> my question or topic is dating during COVID Before COVID, I can place us in my apartment at Syracuse. It was, I think, March 13th. And we'd been together for a little over a month and really close, like hanging out with each other every day. We were at my apartment every night. And I mean, it was no question that we were like together. So I remember when we were starting to hear that COVID was coming, but like no one knew what to actually think of it. And it was spring break and you were leaving for Turks, which um, just as a quick back background reference, Zan has history there. He's, um, he actually spent five years growing up there. So he has some like, some, some history a, there. It makes sense why you were going there. I'm, I'm Jack Sparrow at heart. Yeah. So I like to look at it. <laughs> sure. I was, I, you're also Bristolian. So I guess that does make sense. Exactly. See, it all ties in. It does. Um, but I remember saying goodbye to you. And we didn't know that that would be the last time that we saw each other until July. The things that I can impart, and I'd love for you to jump in at any point, obviously. Thank you. Ever. <laughs> but um, the things that I can say about that, I mean, firstly, you know dating anyone I think it comes with its 
struggles just because it's two people living together two people spending all this time together which yeah. we've always like done really well at I think I don't think I'll ever face anything emotionally like just heartbreaking and taxing being... it's taxing it was incredibly taxing to the point you know we our relationship was like blossoming like incredibly quickly and we would spend so much time together and then obviously like you said it was just two weeks of us going off and having spring break and then I go back to England and it's just you know where's obviously where's this opportunity when am I going to see you again so and I, I had no idea I mean at one point we were talking about not even seeing each other until like this time now like the start of 2021 when things would quote unquote go back to normal at that yeah. time was what we thought so yeah I, I go back to England Margot goes back to Connecticut and it basically just took the two of us going on FaceTime every evening for I guess it was 10 o'clock your time and about three o'clock in the morning my time and yeah. we do little date nights and just chat and I think the, the most amazing thing and like I I would never want to live through that again just because it was you know it's not an ideal way to have a relationship mm. but the most amazing thing about it was it was pure conversation yeah and every evening we it, it was it was always a highlight of our day but it also meant that all we could do was just entertain each like each other and ourselves by just like talking about experiences talking about family what shaped us and it just became it almost became like this kind of q and a for every evening yeah i remember also at the beginning of all of that when you had to make the decision in Turks that you would be going back to England, which of course was the right decision for you to go home with your family and be safe during the pandemic, no question. Um, but I was just like bawling my eyes out and um, was talking to my friends. And one of them made the point that you're either going to both decide that this is worth it and talk every day or as much as you can, or it's just going to not be worth it. And then you're both going to move on. And I think it worked um, and it worked incredibly well because we had both made that commitment early on with, and I think it was more of a commitment to ourselves. Like it was a decision that we made independently and it, it worked because we made the same decision, but we both put in the work to, to stay close and get closer um, and that just made our reunion on July 5th just so much sweeter. That was one of the, that was probably one of the most surreal days of my life. Because every single night I'd gone to bed, just, I, I'd like just saying to myself, all right, I need to see her. How am I going to be able to see her? How am I going to get there? Da, 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 da. And then finally the day comes and I remember flying in and flying, oh, it was into uh, LaGuardia and flying mm -hmm and seeing through the window the New York City skyline mm -hmm. and it just all hitting me at once and it was almost yeah. just like I was living in a dream and then yeah. knowing that like after all of these hours of waiting to see you I was finally down for like 30 minutes and then running out of the baggage claim and seeing you and all of a sudden you had gone from this 2D person to this 3D person and yeah. it was just so incredibly weird and then you and I drove because we went immediately up to Syracuse to quarantine yeah. away from everyone else it was yeah. incredible. I, I couldn't really, yeah, that's the best way I can describe it. Cause it was just, yeah, it was so surreal. And, and then we had the feeling. best summer. I mean, we had the best year, but being in upstate New York, kind of like in a hideaway in my apartment and exploring, I mean, upstate New York is beautiful in the summer and we had a car so we could go to 
um, Ithaca and go to the gorges there and go to farmers markets and we went to the Catskills and you stayed at my house for two and a half months. How was that? <laughs> oh, I tell you what, I, I think everyone, every one of my boys that I've spoken to about that, I remember like texting them like during it uh-huh. and they're like, oh, so where are you staying? And I'm like, oh, I'm actually staying at Margot's parents' house. And they're like, oh, for how long? And I was like, well, I've been here for six weeks. I'll probably be here for a little bit longer. They're like, mate, you're crazy. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, get out of there. I was like, no, it's like, it's generally not like that. Like Margot's family are just like the best people. And they were obviously your family was so incredibly welcoming. And I just felt I'd like, I'd like to think that, you know, it was all just kind of very natural. And I never once felt I was intruding or anything. You know, I have nothing but a huge thanks to you and them for that. Well, you quickly became like family and that's not just me bias saying that, but my entire family has said that and I mean it's no question and you returned the favor for me in December when I stayed at your house for a month which was a dream um I'd actually been to Zan's house before so when we were abroad we about 15 of us (laughs) went for a weekend um in Bristol and we stayed at Zan's house in the village outside of Bristol called Chumagna which is where he's from it's a gorgeous area um and I got to revisit as your girlfriend which I preferred and it was Likewise. just a, a wonderful stay yeah well, well I'd love to get your opinions on that in terms of you know I feel like I learned so much about you from the people that you grew up with and the surroundings like was that the same for you yeah definitely I think on every level I think um first of all you can learn so much from someone's hometown um and just how you interacted with people around the town and going to the post office and those two probably 60 something year old women who I think both have crushes on you and just seeing these little interactions around the town and Um, seeing your home videos from when you were a kid and getting to know your dad through that. And um, I think one of my favorite things about you is how you're so good at communicating and to your core, that's a family value. And I saw that firsthand where you always told me that growing up, you had a rule in your family that you should never leave the table or go to bed angry or with things left unsaid. And that was certainly the case in your household. And whether it was something serious or it was a funny story that somebody started hinting at, like we couldn't leave the table until we heard every detail. Um, So for better or for worse, I learned how this communication is in your DNA. And that was really beautiful to see and helped me to get a lot closer with your family because I felt very open and comfortable talking to your mom or your brother about anything. Um, And I, that's just such a beautiful gift to have. First of all, I'm so glad that you agree with with me on that and like the way that my family does that. Because I think for a lot of people that come into our house, it's a little bit of a juxtaposition of maybe what they they're used to at their own home mm-hmm. um and you know the kind of reason behind that is um 
I mean, my my dad, you know, had it incredibly, like you know, any parent had an incredibly profound impact to me. But especially so because he was just such a fighter. Um, he did some amazing things. He he was the first person to license Nintendo games in the U.S. So, so he crazy. did all he did all the early ones like uh, Indiana Jones and Paperboy and the Terminator and all those from like the late 80s Mad Max yeah so so as much as he was like an incredible entrepreneur and everything he had also he'd been born of a hole in his heart and this was back in like the late 40s where um you know that was kind of bad news if you were a kid with a hole in your heart so he went into this operation there was three kids that got this operation he was the only one to come out wow um and because of that he just kind of had this fighting spirit in him but it also meant that so he had he got cancer when I was three had it till I was five and then got it again when I was uh 12 mm. and because of that it was just one of those things where although my dad was this incredible fire he was still being told by these doctors that you know we don't know how long you have to live da, 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 yeah. da. so it basically meant that coming back to the why we always you know we never leave the table kind of thing it's you don't, you know, life's so precious and you don't know how long you've got. So you might as well, with the people that you love, we always think it's really important just to put everything out there. So if anything happens abruptly, be it, you know, a friendship or whatever, you know that there's nothing left unsaid. Yeah. And I think that goes for kind of the good, the bad and the ugly. It can be that you want to tell someone that you love them or that you're, you care about them or you're thinking of them. Or it can be, hey, you're really pissing me off right now. Or, hey, I really don't like that thing that you just said. And whatever it is, there's, there should be space to say it. And I think in our relationship, you've created that space. I always thought I was good at communicating until we came together and you showed me like what it actually means to be a good communicator. And pry things out of me no matter but how many how many hours it takes to do so I, I think that's well that's incredibly sweet thank you but I also think I mean you communicate in ways that I never could like your ability to get in front of a camera and actually be like engaging and interesting and I mean that's a whole other skill in, you know, in and of itself so I think we have different strengths that kind of balance us out yeah as any relationship should Exactly. To bring different things to the table. Okay. Are you ready to do some rapid fire questions? I would love to do some rapid fire questions. Thank okay. you to anyone who sent them in. Rapid question, rapid answer. How yeah. did you end up at Syracuse University? Got lost. <laughs> what is your favorite cheese? Favorite cheese. I know the answer Sharp to this. cheddar. Sharp cheddar. No, that's not your favorite cheese. Manchega. <laughs> it's burrata. Oh my, oh my, hey, hey, oh. I tell you what, to anyone out there who is not, this is what you gotta do. You get a slice of bread, you put it on a pan, you cover the bread within the pan with olive oil. You leave that for about two minutes, then you get the fresh burrata, you mm. slap it on there, and then you just smother the top with pesto. And it's just this crunchy, soft cheese of a little bit of basil and oi, that'll change your life. 
Next question. When did you fall in love with Marga? I want to say it was probably just before you and I, like, I mean, I was falling in love with you from the very start kind of thing. It's a very you know, gradual thing as we got closer and closer. Mm-hmm. But I think I realized that I had fallen in love with you just before COVID happened, like just before we had said our goodbyes for spring break. So that was like March. Horrible timing. Horrible timing. And then I had to hold, <laughs> I didn't want to tell you over FaceTime. So I held on to it for five months and then finally told you I think the second or third night being back together in in that July yeah we both knew though like I feel like we would have moments on FaceTime where we would both smile and like it was like a very specific smile and like in my head that was us telling each other that we loved each other without saying it you thought that as well yeah yeah I don't think we've ever discussed that but I I would kind of give you the like the the eyes but everything in me was like you can't tell her over FaceTime you got to do that in person. There's, you almost told me when you were in Turks. I know, because I'm so bad at keeping secrets. Yeah, you're so bad at keeping secrets. I know every secret that, that you're going to tell me. What is your favorite memory we've had together? Oh, there's so many. I mean, I think one of them would be that Hyde Park day that I mentioned previously, where it was very flirtatious between the two of us, despite me having no idea that it was. And that was just such a picturesque day. Okay, I think people are going to make some assumptions about this day so I think we just need to spell it out we hugged (laughs) no we we all went to a brunch together it's actually an infamous brunch and it's in a vlog um it's one of my favorite vlogs partially because I know how that day ended it just wasn't documented actually it was I think there's a clip of like our feet together very sneaky I wonder if you guys will be able to to find it but all I know is I was absolutely hammered yeah, all of us were super drunk. We went to Bottomless Brunch together. One of our friends ended up swimming in a kiddie pool. I don't know. We were all over the place, but somehow we all found our way onto this picnic blanket in Hyde Park, um, which Looking is on Round Pond. Yeah, beautiful park in the middle of London. If you don't know, um, it should be on your travel bucket list if you don't. And we were just cuddling the whole time. And it was like the best feeling ever. And it was, it was probably the last week of being there. So it felt like I had achieved something because I was in your arms and it felt so good. And then we all left and that was that. (laughs) And I was like, I thought it was so obvious, but I guess hindsight 2020, but. Well, I kicked myself now, but you know, if anything was different, and we wouldn't be where we are so that's so true and I'd rather it have started in friendship so we're very lucky exactly okay so the last rapid fire question which I'm actually going to answer and I don't think it's going to be very rapid but it's what's the greatest lesson you've learned from being in this relationship so I'm going to answer and I want you to take it over because it's something I learned from you and you learned from your dad so you can probably definitely articulate it better but it's essentially this idea that no one really knows what they were placed on this earth to do um, and what their purpose is and what they're supposed to be waking up and doing every day so the most important thing that you can do is fill your day with intention kind of fake it till you make it and enjoy your time on this earth because it's precious and It can be beautiful when spent with loved ones and there's going to be really tough times, but if you are focusing on the things that bring you joy and love, 
that is probably the most important thing that you can do. I mean, both my parents really imparted that on me. And my mom is just like the loveliest, lovey-dovey mom ever. And she's always just, you know, stressed the importance of spending quality time with each other and being open and honest. And it was really came from my dad, the whole idea of no one really knows what they're doing. And it's obvious to say, but you don't really think about it. And it's the same kind of idea of, you know, everyone is born, goes to school, graduates, and then kind of thinks, now what? And that happens on a large scale like that and day to day. You know, we're all kind of looking for a bit of guidance and, you know, someone to kind of lead us in the main. And I, yeah, he just kind of believed that if you tap into that and become a leader, even if you don't know what you're doing half the time, not only does it make you feel better mentally, but it, you know, people around you to kind of have that guidance. You are the master of your fate. Yeah. And you are what you kind of show to the world, you know. There's a great poem um, entitled Invictus. And one of the lines in that is, I am the captain of, the, of my fate. I am the master of my soul. And I've always, that's always just kind of stuck with me. And I think that's exactly what that relates to, you know. If I could leave it any imparting wisdom from the very little that I have, it would just be, you know, just love the people that are around you because those are the ones that are going to be with you till the end and just exude kindness and compassion and laugh. And, you know, that will reciprocate, I think. And find yourself a cute British boyfriend and everything will be okay. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> So there you have it. I hope it wasn't too sappy. This year of learning to love someone has defied so many expectations and allowed me to learn some invaluable lessons day in and day out. One of the most powerful things that Santori shared was this notion that you are the master of your faith and you are what you show to the world. Next week, we dive into that with an absolute legend in the world of branding. I cannot wait for you all to hear that episode, so make sure to hit follow and find me on Instagram so you don't miss anything. And with that, I'll see you next week.